0: Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hello. Really warm welcome to you. My name is Ron. I'm I'm the vicar here at St. Saviour's. Uh, If you haven't said hello to me yet, do stop by after the service. We'll serve tea and coffee between our two services, and you can grab me then, say hi, I'll let you know what St. Saviour's is really like behind the scenes. We are in the middle of a four-week series called Bold. Uh, it's always made me laugh because I keep thinking I'm saying the word bald, which doesn't have quite such the gospel good news message. But bold, we're in a series about being bold. We're working our way through Acts chapter four, uh, 3 and 4 and 5. Uh, if you want to read that in your own time, great. It's just after the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the New Testament where the story of Jesus begins. The next bit is called Acts. The next book that gets written is called Acts. And it's the story of the early church. So Jesus has risen to be with the Father, and it's the story about how the early Christians, if you like, came together to be church to one another, with one another, and to their community. And today, I wanna talk to you about praying bold prayers. And uh, the key uh, thought for today, if you're taking notes, is anyone taking notes? Just mental notes, I mean, yeah, there we go, thank you so much. You know, if you write, I don't know about you, but when I learn, and I hear stuff, I like to write some of it down, it tends to reinforce it. I can then go back and uh, either recycle it or you know, uh, keep it, put it in my pile of other notes to reflect on again. What did you learn last week? Anyone here last week? None of you were here last week. Stuart, it's a dangerous thing to be the only person in the room to put their hands up. Stuart, what did you learn last night? No. Uh, I think that last week, what you heard Guy saying and what I heard Guy saying was that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. And he could do that. He could be bold because he was filled with the Spirit of God, because he was alive with the Spirit of God. And those of you that know Jesus this morning, those of you that have said, have put your faith in Jesus, have put your trust in him for what he's done for us, will know that the Spirit has come to make his home in you. And therefore, you can be bold, Because God actually lives inside of you. He dwells inside your heart, inside your mind, inside your body. So you can be bold because God is with you. Now then, I think the first thing I want you to reflect on is that what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Do you agree with me? Yes, Ron. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Do you agree with me? Oh, you're such an easy crowd. Uh, You might want to disagree with me. Uh, What you pray for, or what you could say what you don't pray for, reflects what you believe about God. I'll drive this home a little bit if I can. If you don't pray at all, I think that reflects what you believe about God. If you don't pray at all, I think it reflects what you believe about God. There's a little PowerPoint that's going to come up as well behind me. See, the problem for most of us when we don't pray is because we don't believe God answers prayers. And we've got this very small perspective and very me-centered kind of focus on our world and our day-to-day living. We're just focused on me in this little tiny bubble that that we live in. If you pray really small prayers, small prayers inside that small bubble, it probably means that you don't believe that there's a God who answers big prayers. Maybe that's you. If all of your prayers are about me and about the center of your life, bless me, help me, comfort me, be with me, then that reflects the belief that you actually believe God is there for you. He's your personal genie, if you like. Maybe that's the way that you pray at the moment. Uh, And people, People that have that belief and if you believe that it's all about you and the sorts of prayers that you pray are about me, you then if God doesn't do what he wants you to do, what you want him to do, then he's not really on your side, and you won't believe in a good and loving God. And you'll say, God, he can't be real because he's not answering my prayers. And our language says a lot about what we believe about God, our language in prayer. And I've seen this a million, million times, and we've got a tough situation you know, I've already heard this morning of incredibly tough situations that many of you are facing right now at this moment in your life. And you're trying to figure out how you get through that situation. How you, do you navigate the difficult waters in your life? How do you work your way through? And, and once you've done everything you know how to do, then you'll turn and you'll go, well, well, now all I can do, what's left to do, all I can do now is pray. Or let's just pray. Let's just pray about it. That will reflect what you believe about God. If prayer for you is that last resort, it reflects what you believe about God. I can just see God in heaven now going, what, what? It's up to me now? You've tried everything else and now now you want to try me, but I'm just the God of the small things. How can I possibly help you out? Maybe that's what you pray for. What you say and what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. So just take a moment, stop, pause for a second, and think, what did you pray for in this last week? And Some of you might say, I I didn't really pray. I don't think I prayed. And that says a lot about what you believe about God. Let's just call it what it is. I didn't really pray. Some of you will say, I can't really remember what I prayed for. That probably also says a lot about your relationship with God, too. Some of you will say, Yeah, I prayed for this, I prayed for that. So just take a moment, take a moment, stop. What did you pray for in this last week? And as you're doing that, I just want to ask you this question, if God answered yes to all of your prayers, what would be different in the world right now? If God had answered a yes to all of your prayers, what would be different right now? You prayed, poof, yes. You prayed, stamp, yes. You prayed, puff, yes. What would be different? What would be different in the world? The chances are pretty good that if you pray like most people in our culture, the only things that will be different are the things that are close to you. You're praying me centered prayers. For example, if you're a single lady, you want to get married, you pray the prayer, poof, God suddenly provides you with this on fire, handsome Christian man who prays for you. Yeah. Or if you're married, and your husband's not a spiritual leader that you would want him to be. You're praying for him to be the spiritual leader, and suddenly, poof, he's this incredibly on-fire, handsome Christian who prays for you. Or poof, your wife suddenly becomes more responsive in the bedroom. Did he just say that out loud? Yes, ma'am, I did just say that out loud. Or poof, you'd have gotten the raise. Or poof, you'd have gotten the mortgage. Or poof, grandma would have been healed of cancer. Or, or poof, the spot would have gone by the time you went to the dance. Or Whatever it is. Chances are, if you pray like most people in our culture, you're praying me-centered prayers. You're praying the things uh, around you, things that if God answered would be very different in your very closed circle. And it's the way that children pray. I don't know if those of you that have had children and, and sit and you pray at them with bedtime, if you've got a three- or a four-year-old who, who has this amazing uh, prayer life in them, I bow down before you, um, but you know, mine are still getting to the ages of 13 and 16, and are still asking, they're praying for, you know, more sweets and other things like that, right? Incredible how children are just centered around their own world. We're just trying to teach them that actually there's this whole other world to be prayed for, a whole group of other people to be prayed for in cultures, situations. And if we want to move from from teeny weeny. If we want to leave these teeny weeny me prayers behind and start to pray big, bold prayers, then you're going to need to start focusing on the next slide, which is all about the other. You're going to need to start praying other centered prayers. Uh, let's look at the book of Acts. I love it if you've got your Bible with you. If you're taking notes, great. If you've got a Bible, we're in Acts uh, 4. Uh, if you'd like a Bible, I'm sure someone from the hosting team, if you stick your hand up in the air, They will bring a Bible to you. In our church Bibles, it's on page 1096. Uh, In case you missed it last week, we're looking at Peter and John and their encounters with Jesus Christ, living a bold life in the New Testament part of the, the, the Bible. Peter's preached boldly. He's called a group of people a corrupt generation. Imagine that, a man in front of you preaching and saying, you're a corrupt generation, Imagine the cheek of the man. Did he just say that? Did he just call us a corrupt generation? That's right. You're a corrupt generation. Imagine that. And this guy you're saying, this guy, who is this guy? What is he doing telling us that we're a corrupt generation? This is outrageous. But that's what he was saying. He told them, what did he tell them then? He said, in order to not be, uh, leave behind your corruptness, your sickness, your disease, what did he tell them they needed to do? They needed to repent, which means to turn back to God, if you like, repent and be baptized. And we had 15 people who repented and baptized uh, just a couple of weeks ago. What an awesome service that was. I hope and pray you were able to be with us. Miraculously, that, at that moment, as they preached boldly, as they lived a bold life, as they prayed boldly, 3,000 people were added to that number. 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus there and then. Then they traveled along the road, they came to this guy, a gate called Beautiful outside the temple. This guy had been lame for 40 years, he hadn't been able to walk for 40 years. Uh, and so he asked them for, for healing, and they basically they boldly just say, just pick up your mat and walk. He's been lame for 40 years, they just say, pick up your mat and walk. And all of a sudden, miraculously, this guy walks. The religious leaders of the day, they're called the Sanhedrin, doesn't matter. It's just what they're called. It's like calling me a vicar, right? So the religious leaders of the day, because these guys were preaching about the resurrection of the dead, they were saying that Jesus had been resurrected. Well, they wanted to throw them in prison. They wanted to beat them. They wanted to do all sorts of horrible things to them because they didn't actually believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they were going like, well, how are we going to get rid of these people that are saying this kind of thing? We know that the crowd are totally fallen because they've just healed this guy and he's starting to walk. That's a miracle. And they're saying it's in the name of Jesus. Well, if we try and put them in in jail, we're going to have a full-on riot. And uh, so they ask the and they turn to them and say, by what name, by what authority are you doing all these miraculous things? And they say, well, let, let us state clearly, we are doing this in the name of Jesus Christ, the man you crucified, but who God raised from the dead. So they know that they are telling them they're a corrupt generation, they're standing in front of the religious leaders of the day, and they're telling them the things that they know they don't believe in. Can you imagine how bold they are being? They are being full-on, full-on, full-on bold. The religious leaders, as I said, they loved to have kept them in prison, but they couldn't do that. So against their own wishes, they had to release Peter and John. That's where we pick up the story, Acts 4.23, if you want to read along with me. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They raised their voices. There's something incredible when people who are following Jesus, people who know Jesus, people who have the spirit of the living God living in them, when they come together in prayer, there is something incredible in that. Can I commend to you what we do first Thursday of every month led by Julia and Arnold as we gather together in prayer. Every first Thursday of the month we're gathering. I'd love to move us from the church office. I'd love that there were so many people in there that the ground began to shake that we had to move into the church. I'd love it that there were so many people gathering for a prayer meeting that we couldn't contain it in the church but we had to go outside. Yeah, you're right. I do have big dreams, don't I? Well, they went back to their own people. They reported all that the chief priests and elders had to say. And what would they have said that the chief priests were saying? They threatened them. They told them they were going to put them in prison if they didn't stop preaching about this Jesus guy, that they were going to beat them with sticks and throw stones at them, etc., etc. And what did they do? They raised their voices. What? They raised their voices. That's what got them into trouble in the first place. And yet here they are being in, in the face of the, the religious leaders. They're being full on bold. Why? Because they have the spirit of the living God inside them. And even though that might not be your natural nature, there is something incredible when I pray with someone. You know how long it took me to pray out loud as a Christian. I've been a Christian for 14 years or something. It took me forever to, to get out the courage to pray out loud. And praying out loud is just like speaking out loud. I don't know many of you, maybe some of you, gripped with fear if you're in a room full of Christians and you're working out and you're thinking, that guy's prayed, that person's prayed, they've prayed, oh man, it's coming around to me, I'm starting to sweat, this is, I'm totally tongue-tied. I'm there, I'm with you, I totally understand that. There's something incredible though when the people of Jesus raise their voices in prayer together. Because I hear other people praying and suddenly I climb on top of their prayers and my faith it just kind of builds and builds and builds until it explodes because I can hear other people praying in faith and praying bold prayers. There's something great when Christians come together in prayer. When you read the scripture you'll see that there's power when believers come in agreement before God. They continue, verse 24, uh, they say, Sovereign Lord. And sovereign just means, uh, God, you're the man, you're the dude, you've done it all, you're ultimately in charge, uh, you're, um, you've got the first word and the final word. Uh, and this, look, Watch how God-focused this prayer is. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, Our father David, indeed Herod and Pontius Pilate, skipping to 27, met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So they start their prayers with this massive other consciousness. Your sovereign Lord, you are, uh, what do they say? Uh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. they start praying by recognizing who God is. Now, he doesn't really need to, um, to hear all that. It doesn't, God does know who he is but it's a good place to start. You're in charge. You've ordained all of this. You're sovereign. And then, as they did that, they prayed two of the boldest prayers, and it's my prayer that as a church we would be able to indeed pray these prayers too. Because if we're going to make a difference in this world, then we need not be culturally lukewarm followers of Jesus. We need to be full-on, bold followers of Jesus living boldly for the name that is above all names. So I want to encourage you to pray these two bold prayers. The first one, if you're taking notes, you're going to pray for boldness. We're going to ask God to make us bold. Now, Lord, consider their threats. What were their threats? Putting them in prison, like I say. And they pray for even more boldness. Even more. Even more boldness. You might say, isn't boldness what got you arrested the first time? You know the football season's about to, you know, it's kicked off, you've got a season ticket, you're gonna miss the whole of West Ham. If you pray for more boldness and they're gonna stick you in prison, mate. That's what advice we'd probably give them. You sure you want to pray for more boldness? You know you need to lay off that whole Jesus thing for a while. Just lay low, just don't say anything. Crikey, that's what got you in trouble in the first place. We don't want you to get arrested. But they pray for boldness even more. So, questions: Have you ever prayed for boldness? Have you ever done what the first Christians did and prayed for boldness? Most of the people that I spoke to this week, and I said, "Have you prayed for boldness?" And I've spoken to some church leaders. I've spoken to some church leaders in training, and they said, "No." Have you? What have you prayed for this week? Struggling to remember what they'd prayed for. You know, if that's you, it's okay. You're in good company. And I said, well, why? Well, because actually I quite like it. I quite like it where I am. I don't really want God to move too much in power in my life, because if he does some of those things in my life, then, well, things are going to change. So I quite like my comfortable life. So I'm not really going to pray for boldness or because, you know, I just haven't thought about it. But typically because being bold isn't for your benefit. It's not really going to benefit you. Being bold, praying bold prayers probably aren't going to benefit you, but they are going to benefit the other. Like I said before, our prayers can be really self-centered. Help help me get, well, what was it? It used to be a grade A, but it's now a grade nine, right? Help me get a grade nine. Help me give a good presentation. Help me get a raise. Help grandma to be healed. Help me get my new car. Help me get a parking spot. Uh, Help me get to the meeting on time. In Jesus' name, I pray. Yeah. Mostly self centered prayers. And when you pray for boldness, which is what I've been doing for a few weeks now as I've been reflecting on these scriptures, you know, God, make me bold. You know what? Guess what? Guess what he did? He made me bold, right? Boldest prayer I ever prayed 16 years ago as she's lying on an operating theater, dying in a coma. God, you saved my wife. I'll do anything for you. Don't, don't ever say those words unless you really want to be doing something like standing up in front of a group of people saying you're a corrupt generation and watching their faces turn downcast when you tell them that. God is so real. If you pray an other-centered prayer, you pray, use me today. Use me for your glory. Make me bold. Stir me up. Give me eyes to see other people that are hurting. Needs of those around me. Give me a heart sensitive to those people. Give me a prompting of the Spirit to minister to them. You pray and you watch as God will do something incredible in your life for the benefit of the other. And then, secondly, um, he, what I'd love to teach us to pray is to pray for miracles. Lord, consider their threats, and then they pray for miracles. Stretch out your hand to heal, perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They pray big, bold prayers. Heal sick people, raise the dead, help us cast out demons and do miraculous signs. They're praying big, bold prayers. You want to make a difference in this world, then pray big and bold prayers. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Pray small prayers, you're believing in a small God. A lot of people that I pray with, they're just praying about me. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this day. I wonder if God's saying, well, you've said that for the last 43 days, but hey, thank you for this day. God be with me. God be with us. You know, the promises in this Bible says that I will be with you Till the very end of the age, God's already promised to be with us. It's not a bad prayer, but I'm just saying we don't really need to pray it because God's promised He's going to be with us, and God doesn't lie. Give us travelling mercies. Some people say, "Give us an easy route, get us there on time." God's probably saying, "You know, put your seatbelt on, drive within the speed limit. Chances are you'll get there on time." Ask me something hard. Give me something difficult. Give me something that's so big, so big that when it happens, everyone is going to know that I am the sovereign God. I am in charge. I did that a few weeks ago. There's a young girl in our, in our um, community called Ella. I don't know if any of her family are in today. Um, we were having a massive uh, community lunch we had lots of different agencies in. We had the firemen. We had housing people with social services, all sorts of people. Had loads of stalls. We had up to about 200 people eating together, enjoying one another's company. And just we were just being about the hub of the community, just bringing different agencies together and helping people in our community to find answers. And uh, somebody came to me and said, uh, would I mind praying, stopping everything that was happening and praying for Ella? Ella had been in a car accident. She'd been run over by a motorcycle um, and she'd been knocked by the motorcycle into the path of an oncoming car and had been dragged by the car for some distance. And she was in hospital with, as you can imagine, the helicopter was called, and when they do that, it's pretty serious, right? She's in the hospital and, well, humanly speaking, everyone's going, that's it, really? You know, she's going to die. And I prayed the boldest prayer I've ever prayed. And I prayed, look, I said, God will heal her. In front of a whole group of not just people from our church, not just people who believe in Jesus, but a whole group of our community who would have been going, what is this guy speaking about? How, how can he just be so certain about that? And at the end of the five minutes of praying, I very quietly said under my breath to God, man, that was a pretty bold prayer. Is there any chance you could answer it for me? otherwise I'm going to look really stupid in front of this whole community. And God in his grace has been answering that prayer. And she's getting better and better and better. And she's now sitting up and talking. And she's going to recover fully. I declare that now in the name of Jesus. And because of that, the family have said, well, there's got to be something in that, right? There's got to be something in that. So grandma's come back to church. Great aunt is wanting to find out more about who this Jesus is that I prayed to that her great niece would be healed. And the family are declaring it's the goodness of God, which is just incredible. Thank you, Jesus. Pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. And I don't know, uh, maybe even at this stage you're thinking, well, I don't want to do that because I'm going to be disappointed, right? A bit like what I'm praying at the end. Oh, I'm going to look really stupid now in front of all these people, in front of this community. Because maybe God hasn't answered a prayer that you desperately wanted him to answer in the past. Perhaps some healing. Maybe someone that you know that's passed away. Maybe it's just a situation at work. Perhaps it's the way the boss treats you. Maybe it's your neighbor. I don't know. Perhaps it's your kid. You've been praying these prayers, and God hasn't quite answered them in the way. So you don't want to make God look bad. I totally get that. And you give God an escape clause. You know, if it be thy will, if it's your will, God, then uh, please would you do, do that in Jesus' name. And um, so I want you to be with, this, with me in this. So what that taught me at the end was just to be bold, to ask, to declare it, to pray for, to have that faith that God will do what he says he will do. Does that mean that God is always going to heal people or solve your situation? No, 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 it doesn't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. If you go back in the the Old Testament, you'll find that in Joshua 10, Joshua prayed he prayed that the sun would stand still. Joshua 10, read it, believe it. And the sun stood still. I bet Joshua prayed the following day, Son, will you stand still? And guess what? The sun didn't stand still. Sometimes God just doesn't answer the prayers in the way we want Him to, expect Him to. That does not need to stop us from praying bold prayers. Because, and I'm going to let you into a little secret. Because if God doesn't answer that, if God doesn't heal my mum of her sickness right now, if he doesn't touch my brother's life and bring him to the knowledge, the fullness of the life of God, if he doesn't move in my children's life in the way that I want him to, he will still be in charge. My faith is still big enough to go, God, you're in charge. My faith is still big enough to handle it. Through all of that, through all of the stuff that this life throws at you, I pray your faith will be strong enough to hold on to the fact that God is in charge. He is in charge. And I'm going to give you the chance to pray for miracles too. Aren't I generous? i know. wonderful. Some of you think at the bottom of your pit, of your stomach is going, oh man. Imagine what life would be like if God answered some really bold prayers like the prayer I prayed for Ella that people would come to faith. People who don't know him would declare who is this Jesus who's healed me? Because that's one of the reasons why we exist to point people towards the love of God. Because he's going to get all the glory. We're going to be able to say God showed up like I'm able to give you testimony this morning about Ella. God showed up in a way God showed off he gets all the glory it was nothing to do with my prayer really in the end it was because of God wanting to reach in to turn his people towards him and say I'm here and I'm in charge so let's pray together the band are going to come and lead us in a response Uh, Father we just ask that you would stir yeah come on, come on guys we ask that you would stir us to a real deep growing faith in you We ask us to help you. Help us to pray big and bold prayers, other centered prayers. Father, we want to pray bold prayers. We want to know that what we pray for is going to make a difference in this world. Help us, God. Help us to pray other centered prayers. Help us to pray in faith. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk